Happy New Year, guys. It's 2024. It's a new year, but guess what? It's the same us, and it's the same fantastic happy hour. Seven days a week, 2 to 6 p.m. at the Handlebar right here in Chico. You're going to get some money off of every single one of their fantastic craft beer taps, as well as half-off bottles of wine. You could even bring your pupper right onto that dog-friendly patio. It's a little chilly out there now, but I promise you, if you have enough of those tasty craft beers, you're going to warm right up. Or if you have a husky... Suck it up. Sure. And if that doesn't do the trick, you can also just get some beer, cheese, and pretzels, uh, a favorite of mine, not so much Johnny's, uh, unfortunately. I like the pretzels. <laughs> yeah, like the pretzels, not the beer, cheese. Uh, the point is, guys, the Handlebar is the place to be in 2024. Again, their address is 2070 East 20th Street. If you want to get the screaming deals, again, their happy hour is all seven of those days from 2 to 6 p.m. Go check them out. And here is the show. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Yeah, sure is. This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Welcome to it. Uh, this is a podcast. It's a radio show, and, and the point of what we do here, aside from... It's not the, a radio show today, baby. No, today it's not. You're right. But the point of what we do on this podcast is, A, to entertain each other, B, to inform you, the listener, about the latest happenings in the worlds of cinema and craft beer. Uh, my name's Max Minardi. And C, drink oh. some beer. Sure, and watch some films. Yeah. Okay. Mainly I'm here to What's drink your name? Beer. I'm Johnny. All right. Hi. This week, our thoughts on Poor Things. It's the latest from Greek director Yorgos Lanthimos. Uh, the film centers around Bella Baxter, played by Emma Stone, on a mission of self-discovery after being brought back from the dead by Godwin Baxter. That's Willem Dafoe, a scientist slash surgeon who does that sort of thing. Uh, the film takes place in a gorgeous Victorian kind of steampunky 1800s. It's weird. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's got things to say, and so do we. But before we get into it, Johnny is going to tell you what we're drinking this week. Yeah, we're drinking two beers from Slice Brewing Company, uh, a couple collabs actually, but they're out of Lincoln, California. The first is Axe Toss. It's an 8.4% Imperial IPA that they did with great notion. Uh, and the next beer is Saucer Land Speed Record. It's a triple New England IPA that's 9.7% that they did with the homies down in North Park Brewing out of San Diego. Speaking of homies, uh, probably the first of at least three shout outs to our homie Ken for supplying us with beers for the show this week um i suppose the easiest shout out is one before we've tried the drinks yep. worst case scenario they're trash um but i have a lot of faith because all of the four breweries you just mentioned are are pretty good i'm i'm less versed on north park yeah um we're at I, the thoughts uh, uh the, the what's it the, the th it's the thought that counts that's yeah. the stage of thank you that we're on exactly yeah. and and ken has fairly great beer taste i think as well so i think we're off to a good start but just in case um i think yeah the top of the show shout out is is almost always the most positive. The last ones he gave us were, uh, I think we both gave one of them a 10. Is that right? It's those uh, IPAs from... Come on, you got it. Uh... Is it on the table? Because it could. their labels might be on the table. No, here. it's not. No, it's not? Okay. Um, when you think of it, let me yeah, know. No. In the meantime... It's fine. Uh, keep reading your script. Yeah. You? <laughs> <laughs> to, find, to find our podcast episodes going all the way back to 2016, go search for Fresh Hop Cinema on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, all other major podcast platforms. If you like the show, please take five seconds out of your day and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and definitely let us know that you did that. You should text us to brag or with some sweet memes or with feedback about the show. Or if it's too hard to reply to a Patreon poll and you don't want to log in there separately, you can just text us with your reply about our events. That's fine with us. We take that. You any, can do that. Any form of communication can be streamlined into a yeah. simple text. Again, our number is 530-433-0839. That's right. To hang out with us on social media, search Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Facebook, Letterboxd, 
or untapped or just head over to our website freshhopcinema.com speaking of patreon here's the gist uh we put on events we have movie nights we do beer reviews that don't make it to our regular podcast feed and to be privy to all that you just join patreon by going to that.com slash freshhopcinema you give us a buck or two a month or an episode really is how it breaks down and you get access and then you become a part of a very cool group of mostly decent people that are super interactive yes it's great um again patreon.com slash freshhopcinema we do have an event coming up on the 12th and if you haven't rsvp'd got a feeling you haven't please do We'd like to know if you'll be joining us for a night of delicious beers, tasty food, and wild debauchery. Um, those details will be both in your Patreon feed and on our Facebook page. And I think with that, sir, housekeeping is done. Let's get into beer number one, unless you have anything else. We have a honorary patron Do shout we? out. All right. Uh, Shalina's birthday is January 6th. Okay, fair enough. She's not quite in Patreon. She's a member of your Patreon, um, but not ours. She's not? No, she's not on Patreon. Who did you just say? Shalina. I think you said Shauna. No, like Shauna Sh- Shalina. In Patreon. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Honorary Patreon. Patron. I, to some extent, the, the 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 people that put up with us doing this show as often as we do, which is usually once a week, I, I think are in. Mm-hmm. They're in like a higher tier than we even have. They're God tier. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay, well, happy almost birthday, Shalina. We're recording this on the second, which is why you haven't heard from me yet. Okay. Johnny. Beer number one, you said it's called Axe Toss. Tell me more while I open it. Yeah, yeah. Imperial IPA Axe Toss is 8.4%. Introducing Axe Toss, the modern West Coast double IPA that hits the bullseye of hoppy goodness with the precision of a plaited lumberjack throwing axes at a dartboard. As a collective effort with our buds at Great Notion from Portland, Oregon, we've loaded this bad boy with an all-star lineup of hops. Picture Mosaic, Nelson, Cryo, Simcoe, and Columbus Cryo coming together for a bold flavor journey. With an aroma so intense it truly must be smelled to be believed, Axe Toss follows through with flavors of the dankest resin sauce and a bouquet of the brightest botanical goodness. Cheers to four years of fresh. Whoa, forgot how to say fresh. Yeah, that's all right. It's part of our name. Fresh, fresh, (laughs) fresh. Uh, And cheers to Axe Toss. The beer that hits the hop bullseye every time. That next note is from me that I gathered from my intel of reading that paragraph, and the note says four-year anniversary beer, which is what this is because Slice has not been around for too long, 2019 if I'm not mistaken, and my math is correct. Um, So I I think it's great. Like you said earlier, our second beer of the day is also a collaboration. I think that it was released around the same time probably also in some sort of celebration of their uh, turning four. Sounds right. So this is a West Coast. This is strong. This sounds like, based on the description, it's right up your alley. It looks, based on the description my eyes are telling my brain, that it's right up your alley. Is it, as forementioned, up your alley? Um, Stylistically, like on paper, yes. Oh, yeah. I when know. it comes, the, the push comes to the shoving of the drinking. Sure. Less so. You're bummed. Less so. What is it? What's wrong with it? I'm not bummed, but no. it's not, you know, knocking it out of the park. It is really like vegetal mm. i'm getting like a ton of like grassy spinachy notes and it's very much like like drinking a salad a little bit for me it's just it's got a they call those smoothies yeah like a kale smoothie mm-hmm. like it's, i get that i yeah. can taste that i've tried it for the first time now yeah i don't love it because it is so heavy like the botanical mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. that they're saying that's just code for whole foods produce aisle sure um it's heavy for sure i i don't know that I, I mean, I think sometimes you say the things you say with such a flat affect that maybe you even mean it literally, but I've learned to translate that into hyperbole. And for anybody listening who thinks 
you know, it doesn't taste, it doesn't taste like that, but it, you know, from a beer drinker's perspective, when you say something like you just said, we all kind of know what that means. It's the implication. Like a vegetable taste. Um, I don't know. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, by the way, but that scene, I've just seen <laughs> clips and it's so funny. Um, th this is a very heavy beer. It's very earthy. There's for sure hop resin, but it's not the kind of, of, of bright, stabby hop bite that I was hoping it would be. Um, we got one, two, three, four, five hops in this one, which is nothing compared to our second beer, which has seven hops, by the way. So many. But if that's any indicator of clarity of flavor, which it often is, I've found, um, you know, we're not off to a great start, I suppose. I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I yeah. do think it's fine. I'm going to try it again. No, I, I'm kind of right there with you. And it's taking everything I have to not be douchey and say, like, herbaceous. But so it's it's... Someone it's, would make the argument that you patting yourself on the back for not being douchey is even douchier. Probably. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a, a douche 22, man. Say, say herbaceous. I mean, why? Why? It's a know. word that has me, what is it, sat too many syllables for you? What yeah. You, what's the problem? It's herby, man. You're where the people listening won't get it, and you're going to seem like a like an elitist? It's just us. Nobody's listening. It's herbaceous. It's it is. Me. Yeah. It is herbaceous. It's, um, it's yeah, and it's heavy, dude. The 8.4 is not masked at all. It's a heavy beer. It's a big beer. But again, like it kind of does feel on brand with what we're drinking. Like everything you described, we're talking axe throwing. Like they've, they've at least named it well mm -hmm. and given the right imagery. I definitely see and taste a lot of Great Notions influence because all of the clear beers that mm -hmm. I've had from Slice have been a lot more clean, crisp, and like just concise okay. in their like directive of, of what flavor profile they're going for. And this one feels a bit jumbled like there might just be I too agree. many hops I in agree. here yeah. and it's just it's a little like almost overmade like it's just it's, it's a, you know when like you're cooking yeah let's say not you somebody else who's less good at cooking okay and like they keep tasting as they're cooking it's like well, it needs something mm -hmm. it needs something else and, like it still needs something and by the end you've added you know a thousand spices and different ingredients and whatever it just it does take away from the spirit of what at least in my analogy, was hoping to be the finished product. Like you're just, you're so far away from um, the simplicity of a dish. And not that this one was going to be a simple beer um, with all the stuff going into it. And also to some extent, you want like a huge, exciting beer for your four year anniversary. And like, I get the approach. Um, I just, it's okay. Like I could see if, if I were, you know, active in the community um, in Lincoln or, or I suppose even, I, this is more a slice beer than Great Notion, but like, there'd be jazz. Like, it's our four year beer. Like, I think you get a little bit more leniency. Yeah. Um, but we are not quite plugged into that sort of euphoria of their four year necessarily. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good. It's, yeah. you know, it's good. Objectively, it, it's okay. It's good. It's not great. It's no. just, it's a little, the, the waters have been muddied. Uh, and quite frankly, they're a bit of victims of their own success here in that totally. slice has set the bar so damn high. Like yeah. they're they have everything I've had from them with the exception of some of their stouts. Um coffin nails didn't love it. Um but by and large, like their beer is well above average. And I think most of them are verging on outstanding. So Okay. Yeah, you set the bar so high. You gotta you gotta maintain. Mm -hmm. You 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 here's here's a one of these breweries goes in the incinerator. You can never have them again. Do you save Slice or do you save Great Notion personally? Uh, I would save Slice. You'd save Slice. That's interesting to me because you love Great. You very much like some of the beers from Great Notion, mm -hmm. um, and I I thought that would have been a harder decision for you. No, I think I save Great Notion. Yeah, yeah. 
well, in our universe, we have breweries now. still exist. So <laughs> win win. Done. Hey, good work. Look okay. at us. Um, all right, we can almost to the point of rating it. Uh, I'm going to have the rest of what's in my glass, which is about an ounce and a half, and then I'm going to be ready to rate it. Are you ready now, or do you want to discuss it more? Uh, I'm ready. Okay, then please. I think for all the reasons previously stated, man, it's just it's not a hit. It's still super solid. Uh, the body, the heaviness, none of that bothers me. Those aren't negatives in my opinion. What really gets it, you know, in the weeds for me is is that hot profile and, mm-hmm. and the the final outcome of that flavor just being not as as clear and crisp as I'm used to from them. So it's it's solid. It's like a solid six five. Yeah, like I, I would take this over so many beers. Oh, for sure. As you were speaking, I wrote down my score, and then towards the end of your tirade, I deleted it. Tirade? Well, because <laughs> you're right, it's not a fair What way. am I, Genghis Khan? Um, I changed it because I tasted something for the first time that I didn't taste earlier in my drinking experience, which it was. It, 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 was, it was the looking out on a barren desert Okay. Seeing a mirage, the shimmering kind of heat waves, and then in the distance, a tiny little cactus popping out that had found life in this barren landscape. And that cactus was, um, you're doing the cactus, yeah, uh, was a little bit of hop punch mm. that I hadn't tasted before. Just a little bit. I wrote down a six, and I deleted my six, because I think it might actually be a seven. If you'd be willing, sir, in all your podcasting radio experience to stall... I'd like to pour a little more and try it because I think I might might go up. I want to try it one more time. We're going back for a second rating. Uh, I wonder if that's a, a temperature thing. Let me know. I don't. I feel like IPAs aren't historically known for getting edgier and punchier and hoppier. The, but, the warmer they get. I mean, but everything changes. Everything changes. So that's I mean, true. there's gonna be some form of impact, even if. As the warmer it gets, more of the hops come out on the nose, and that impacts yeah. your sense of taste. The side of the can's like, drink this beer at room temperature. Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, this beer is six weeks old. Nice. That's worth noting. It was available on the can, so I think it's worth sharing. It's pretty fresh. Word. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to. I'll tell it to you off air. Again, patting yourself on the yep. back there. <laughs> no, I like no, it. No, we it's... would just like probably get letters. Sure. Not, not in a good way. Yeah. No, I get it. You're, yeah, but you're still like, you could have just told me off the air. You're like, I'm going to tell you later. <laughs> Uh, it's better than I thought it was. It's a seven, not a six. It's still not amazing. Pretty good. Uh, I would happily drink it again. I mean, seven's a solid score. Solid score. Seven is above. You're getting so into great. Many. If you get to eights for me, it's in the great territory. Yep, exactly. So it's verging on greatness. It's verging on greatness. Doesn't doesn't hit it though. You know. Uh, I think we're about there on this. Do you agree? It's it's, it's uh, firmly in the pretty good. All right. If you've tried Axe Toss and you want to give us your take on this beer, please get in touch. Um, maybe you're a loyal fan of Slice. Maybe you love Great Notion. Maybe, if that's the case, you think the opposite brewery ruined this beer and it would have been better if they weren't involved. You know, <laughs> Maybe you think collaborations suck. Um, or maybe you just want to send us a spicy text. You can do that, 530-433-0839. Again, our number is 530-433-0839. And for the love of God, if you even slightly like what we do on the show, Please help us out. Drop us a quick rating on whatever platform you're currently hearing our succulent voices through. Yup. It's as easy as tapping the screen on that phone just a few more times just a couple. than you're definitely going to do for the rest of yeah. today. But for such little effort, it really is the best and, quite frankly, one of the only ways for us to get the show in front of new listeners. Coming up next is a trailer for Poor Things. No spoilers yet, so don't you fret. This is Bella. Bye. Bye. Bella. This is Mr. McCandles. Hello, Bella. No! She's an experiment. 
Good evening. Her brain and her body are not quite synchronized. But she's progressing at an accelerated pace. Tell me, where did she come from? I shall. For it is a happy tale. I am Bella Baxter, and there is a world to enjoy. Circumnavigate. It is the goal of all to progress, grow. A woman plotting her course to freedom. How delightful. All right, again, a trailer for Poor Things. Here is the letterbox synopsis followed by my synopsis. Why'd you say that so skeptically? Which part? All right. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> Fine. You're right. Let me try it again. No. All, no, we'll keep it, but let me just <clears throat> okay. get this on. All right, everybody. That was the trailer. Is that better? Wondrous. That was the trailer for Poor Things. Again, everything I just said. Brought back to life by an unorthodox scientist, a young woman runs off with a lawyer on a whirlwind adventure across continents. Uh, free from the prejudices of her times, she grows steadfast in her purpose to stand for equality and liberation. Uh, poor things is a lot of things. It's visually stunning. It's uh, cut into chapters delineated by the different places Bella travels from Lisbon to Paris, and each setting is its own world. And we kind of see it through the eyes of Bella. It's sonically rich with one of the most perfect, uh, perfectly written scores I've heard all year. And we can talk about this because it really, I've been listening to it for like, <clears throat> I mean, since I saw the movie, it's just like weird and like, stabby and pointy and yeah. strange. Very like calliope music, but right. just on acid and or something. And it mixes with the movie, great. Um, it's very funny and like the Lanthimos like sort of awkward human interaction between people who almost seem like they're real but clearly aren't kind of way. Um, and we can talk about Yorgos Lanthimos filmography here in a little bit if we want to. Um, it's also pretty gross. There's several like open cadaver surgeries that we sit through and um, Bella had no problem snacking while looking into a dead man's stomach, but I had to stop eating my popcorn at several points. Um, but through all that, and most of all the movies about a woman seeking enlightenment, freedom, uh, the autonomy of herself, through a series of kind of fun adventures around the world. Like we said, this was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos with the screenplay by Tony McNamara, who also wrote the Lanthimos film The Favorite. It's based on a 1992 novel by a Scottish fella named Alastair Gray. In addition to Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe, the film has Mark Ruffalo, who plays a fella named Duncan Wedderburn. Uh, we can talk about all these characters in a minute. But um, Rami Youssef plays Max McCandles. Uh, Catherine Hunter is Madame Sweeney. Uh, Jared Carmichael and Hannah Skygula play respectively Harry Astley and Martha von Kurtzrock. It premiered at the Venice Film Festival September 1st last year, which is fun to say because we are new in January. Um, then came to limited screens on December 8th before expanding wide on December 22nd. It's two hours and 21 minutes long. Johnny Summers, poor yeah. things. What'd you think? Well, it was uh, it was an experience, that's for sure. It was strikingly odd and kind of disjointed, but in a cohesive way, in that everything about so many of the interactions was just unconventional and off slightly in a uh -huh. very stylistic uh -huh. way. Mm -hmm. it, it had a real, for me, three things kept popping out. And I'm trying to remember the three. We'll start with two. Sure. Okay, so big Alice in Wonderland vibes. Oh, that's nice. Big, uh, you know, trippy, weird self-discovery journey. And then also, you know, obvious shades of Shelley's Frankenstein. Sure. Very much so yeah, yeah. heavy. Also a little bit of like the um, the mad scientist from like Nightmare Before Christmas. Like the weird guy in the little wheelchair with his brain exposed. Which also uh, it was feels great. kind of Frankensteinian too. Yeah, in a way. exactly. That yep. was also kind of... 
homage derivative, whatever. Um, I loved the kind of chaotic feeling that this movie gave you and the journey it took you on. I mean, at its core, this is a, a coming-of-age story and a journey of self-discovery mm -hmm. about a woman that's like starting at zero, that has nothing to compare the human or female experience right, right, right. to, which I loved. I have this kind of working theory that you learn how to do things the best if you go in with like childlike wonder mm, and like sure. zero experience. And like you look at things so much more logically and practically and like you can just see like a technique in like a martial art or like some way of doing something, anything really practically. And it's like, you kind of can poke holes in it better because you don't have preconceived notions. And this movie followed a character that had zero preconceived knowledge or notions. I mean, literally the most blank slate. No preconceived great notions. Oh. Sorry about that. Hey-oh. Okay. Uh, and I dug that. I loved that it was all just truly, simply her progression learning how to kind of be a person yeah. and there's messages of women's empowerment and inequality and all kinds of fantastic stuff in here. And it's just wrapped up in this eccentric psychedelic odd package. This movie's so offbeat. It's definitely not going to be for everyone, but I think it was kind of for me. Also her character annoyed me so much in the first like act of this movie. Okay. Um, but then you kind of figure out why. Well, of course you do. And, and then, I don't, look, I will get into how you feel about the character. Yeah. I want to know how you feel about the movie. Overall, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was visually remarkable. The color palettes, the pastels, the sky, the food, the costumes. It was something like I want to go back to the theater and see again uh, before it's gone. Mm -hmm. Definitely something I'll be watching again at home. Okay. Um, the whole movie was just striking in its originality compiled with the influence mm -hmm. you know it took mm -hmm. things that had been said and kind of took ideas and ma he made them his own yeah uh, and i loved that yeah um one of those movies probably like saltburn where it's like oh we're making original crazy wild things okay like in that you know in, I, in I a agree broad with that part in yeah. a broad stroke of i just went to the theater and saw something i've never seen before yes love that and i think it he pulled it off so well and it had such a specific, just nuanced, delicious style about it. Mm -hmm. I was I was into mm -hmm. it from the jump, and I I really liked it. Loved it even. Out of 10, sir. 9-3. Yeah, great yeah. score. Fantastic movie. Going to be one of my favorite movies of the year. Fair. Um, mine too. I think it was great. There's all the stuff you've said, and I, I've said this before too, like sometimes it's tough when you start because my brain goes to the things you're saying, and I want to like either agree with you or counter or whatever. And I ended up getting caught up in that instead of just kind of telling my thoughts. So I tried to jot down some of the stuff you said so I can readdress it. So please don't take this as me ignoring your points. But for me, um, I'm a big fan of Yorgos Lanthimos's work. I've seen um, maybe four of his other films, uh, three or four. We can get into that in a minute. Um, I think Emma Stone is somebody who pretty much all the time I will watch her movies. I think she's a really, really talented actor. Um, I think she's at the top of her game here. Uh, it's it is a story that's kind of been done before. It's treading sort of done ground with with uh, self discovery or the Frankenstein thing. Or um, I jotted down Pinocchio in my notes when I was watching this. It's like Pinocchio's journey to becoming a real boy, except in this, it's her becoming a real woman. Um, and a lot of that is her sexual experiences and uh, independence there. And we can get into that. Um, it's also a tough movie to really talk about without spoilers. So I'm going to try to keep it vague. Production design was beautiful. 
um, costumes were incredible. It, I mean, like you're hitting something very specific and 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 uh, insightful, which is like it is such an original movie, even though some of the separate parts, particularly the the not the script, but the the story, is not super new. Yeah, it there's no mistaking, and this is true of most of his films, that it's a Lanthimos movie. Like he he captures a tone. And, and a feeling and sticks with it the whole two hours and 21 minutes. This commitment reminds me of like a Tim Burton. Totally. Like, it's just like, it's, you know, it's a Tim Burton movie. I, yeah. I got a hard time with some of the Tim Burton stuff, but, yeah. but there is no denying like that's a Tim Burton movie. Like you can mm-hmm. almost always tell. Um, I, I think even the side character, like Mark Ruffalo's fantastic in this. Oh, oh, <laughs> so like, uh, and he, he's, we'll get into it. He's great. Defoe's great. Um, the comedy in this really works. The more explicit stuff really works too. And I think it all sort of underlines the main themes of the movie. Like I said, the soundtrack I think is incredible or the score um, is great. I mean, it it all just really, really works. I do think the movie had a couple of pacing issues, which is going to keep it from being like totally perfect for Mm -hmm. me, but it's, it's a damn good movie going to be at the top of my list for sure, or at least on my list. Um, for the end of the year, and it's—I mean, it's a—it's a strong nine. I like it. That's where I'm at on this. Perfect, great rating. So, where do you want to go from? Did me? you have notes for me? Oh, yeah, I got a few. Yeah, you want to start there? Sure. Uh, you mentioned enjoying the chaos of this. Mm-hmm. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, there was kind of a like a dissonance between reality and the universe that they exist in. So there has to our be... reality, our reality, yeah, sure. the world that it exists, and then the universe of this movie. Yeah. It's so disjointed from how normal functioning society in the world works. Can you give an example? Well, Willem Dafoe's character. Sure. <laughs> let's just start with him. Sure. Everything about him, from his disfigurement to the fact mm. that his father did experiments on him from a young age to the fact that yeah. he has to be hooked up to a machine to pump, uh, what is it, uh, stomach acid yeah, into his stomach? he doesn't produce and it. And then the burp, the, burps the, the bubble cloud thing. Can, can I say that all of that happens in the vacuum of their own home? Yeah. And the moment we step outside, I can't remember exactly what it is, but like she, Bella wants to go outside and they take his horse-drawn carriage, mm-hmm. which is not a horse-drawn carriage. It's like a steam-powered carriage with a horse's head on the front. Yeah. <laughs> and like you kind of get like this canted angle from the camera where you see, I think in a different city, like, like, like trolley cars flying through the sky but they're not flying they're on like monorails like it's not our world right but it is kind of yeah it's like the vegas suggestion of our world which with like an alternate history it has yeah it has like the human politeness sensibilities of our world yeah it's still a human society yeah still yeah a lot different yes. so immediately there's that that chaos of everything being just disjointed mm-hmm. and yeah. the possibilities are a bit more fantastical than in reality yeah in that you can be brought back to life. And sure. he's got, a, what is it? The first iteration of the thing in the house. Is it a- The dog bird? It's a duck bird? Is it a, it's, it's not a, a duck. duck is a bird. With it's a, a dog bird. Yeah, it's a, do- it's, a du- it's a duck with a dog's head maybe? Or like yeah. a, who knows, a goat with a, yeah. there's a lot of them. And that was like the first time that really screamed like Burton at me. Just oh, okay. like come sure. mashing animals it's together. Toy Story to me. That's very This cool. guy was Sid. Yep. Um, so there is yeah. that chaos yeah. and that just wild reality that we're, we're playing in. It's a chaotic, um, limitless possibilities kind of quasi magic yeah. is real sandbox. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of fun. Like, cool. The rules in this place are different. There's, you know, we can go a little bit further than what's possible and there's some wild things happening. And I dug that. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's get into then, because I think I would like would like to make a larger point. You've seen of his work, The Lobster, mm-hmm. Colin Farrell, others. Yes. But the whole, if for those that haven't seen it, the premise of that movie is like people who are single, often later in life, go to what seems like a retreat in order to find love. But the catch is, if they don't fall in love, they will be turned into an animal by the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. The movie's about a lot more than that, but that's kind of the the bones of the plot. Yeah. Such a good movie. Great movie, but of course, like like very specific tonally, and like you're once you're in it, you're in it. Like that is what the movie is. It's immersive. Um, the favorites, another movie that I've seen, which which got um, I, Olivia Coleman for sure was oh, was up for Best Picture. It was yeah. okay. Emma Stone was also in that, and it had the same sort of like Victorian era hyper realistic dialogue of this. Um, Those you know, obviously a little bit different, but um, and then his other movies that I've seen are The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, I've never seen, I think it was his breakout film, Dogtooth. Um, and I might be missing something, but to some extent, the movies that I've seen all deal with like the weirdness of human interaction and the desire to connect with each other, but like a human instinctual resistance (laughs) to that. Mm -hmm. Um, and what I loved about this, and I think your point about the chaos speaks to this is like the, like the, the, the world here, like I, I love the way you see the world through Bella's eyes. It's it's all insane, and Bella is constantly trying to expand her mind, connect with people, and that's not been the case in other movies. Like in The Lobster, Colin Farrell, like on paper, like wants to connect, but it's like such a weirdo and like doesn't make a good effort. And like everybody in that movie is like resistant to these connections, and I feel like this movie is more wholesome. <laughs> Than like the killing of a sacred deer, which has again Colin Farrell and like Nicole Kidman and Barry Keoghan, um, who has the worst food eating scene maybe of all time in film. Um, you gotta, gotta watch. You that. would love that movie. Yeah, it's horrible. I love <laughs> You'd it. You'd love it. Um, but I think the chaos of the world of this movie is a nice counterpoint to the goals of the protagonist. In a lot of ways, it feels a little bit like a like an adult Barbie. Mm-hmm. You have this innocent character who sort of loses that innocence throughout the movie. Adult in that it should be rated like NC-17. No, no, no. Adult like, it, de- like-, like it deals with the adult themes yeah. of of kind of what Barbie did, but more explicitly. Yeah. Like, That's what I mean. Like they were both yeah. adults and dealt with adult oh, yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But more like, yeah, but she was like naked and having sex a lot. Totally. And going on a different right. self-discovery Yeah, journey. like Mark Ruffalo's Ken. Yeah. In a lot of ways. <laughs> what did um, they call it? Um, aggressive jumping or- uh, uh, what was it? You're so close. Oh, um, vigorous jumping. No, no, it's still very good. It's jumping. It's um, ferocious. Mm, ferocious jumping seems right. Yeah, uh, love that. But yeah, it's it's like it's still you know whatever. The point is that she is is at odds with her surroundings, but we see the surroundings through her eyes, and it really it really just worked. Um, so I think the chaos is on point. Mm-hmm. You also said, uh, let's see. Oh, you said that that when you come at things without any sort of uh you know prior you didn't say experience but like you're not tainted by others. preconceived notions right you or, said yep. you come at things sort of looking at things uh, logically and practically mm-hmm. which i think is not true i think you look at them without logic i think it's like purely instinctual and impulsive i think it's a different logic oh it's, maybe it's not logic that applies to a previously experienced skill set like that's you true. do this after this because that's yeah. how it's done yeah, yeah, yeah that's the way it's always made sense but you yep. can just go in and be like, well, but why? You could just jump to the end. Right. Like, you know, a lot of her things with, you know, like jealousy and like all yes. of that. It's like, 
I don't understand. Like this is not computing. Like the one plus one isn't equal totally. to two here. And like, I love that. Well, totally. Cause like what you're saying too is, and what we're both sort of saying about this world is like, it kind of seems like our world, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that does seem to track consistently to our world is the sense of what is expected of people to be like, like the, the actual phrase, like polite society is, is brought up a lot. And Bella is like, why? Like, yeah. what do you, okay, I didn't know that. And we'll, in a few minutes here, we'll get into why she doesn't know that and, and like sort of what her backstory is. But like, it's a great approach to questioning the status quo, status quo as it pertains in this movie to like the, the um, expectations of sexuality and of politeness. Like a lot of the times this comes up is when she's doing something that's considered sort of, you know, risque. Yeah. Crass um, or impolite. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that sense of kind of, uh, you know, naivete is like, oh, I didn't know. Like, I just, this seems natural to me. Yeah. Why aren't you so all what's, talking What's the like issue? This? Like, there's a line where she, I think it might be in one of the trailers where she and Mark Ruffalo have just done their furious jumping. And she says, why don't people do this all the time? Mm -hmm. Which, of course, you don't say to people. But it is a question that, you know, I don't know that I could even answer. But, like, to some extent, we're all like, yeah, like, we've had a moment. We're like, why don't we do this all the time? Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, but it's just like not discussed. And it's, we all know, like, that's well, because that's not the way things are done. Right. Um, and this movie addresses the question of, like, of how things are done and why. And I think in a pretty provocative way. And I'm not even sure there's an answer, but it asks the question pretty unabashedly, which mm -hmm. I enjoyed. Yeah, because she's asking unabashedly. Totally. And I love that. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, I feel pretty good. Well, good. Do you want? I'm happy to... you feel good. <laughs> I feel man. pretty good. I'm stoked. I'm for that. feeling pretty good about what we've talked about. I'd love to get into spoilers yeah. if you're feeling like that. Yeah, it's hard to dance around. So. Okay, uh, this is your final warning. When we come back from the fun sound, we are talking spoilers for poor things you've been warned. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. Danger zone. All right, we're here at the danger zone, and I actually neglected to ask you. Do you want something to sip on during this? I'm good for now. Okay, great. Me too. So. Here's the deal with Bella. I think that's where we start. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Godwin Baxter, Willem Dafoe, who is um, an ambitious fella. Mad scientist type yeah. character. He found her body washed up in a river. She was pregnant, but dead. The baby. Committed suicide. Committed suicide. It's important. Sure. She jumped off a bridge. Yep. Into water. Um, the body was not like mangled. It was yep. okay. Um, and he found it pretty fresh. The baby was still alive. So he cuts out the baby. And according to him, what I did next was very logical, um, and Rami Youssef character is like, is it? So he cuts the brain out of the baby's body, puts it in Bella, goes from there. Yep. And she grows essentially from an infant wow. to you know fully-fledged adulthood. And that's why she was so annoying in the first act. Totally. She was like a toddler. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this better not be the whole movie. I was it, I, was I thought like, that Rrr. stuff was so funny. It didn't work for you? It made me so mad. Why? It's frustrating. She was just annoying. I just don't have kids. It didn't, it's why I don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was just annoying. Uh, like, stop. Well, it's totally annoying, but it's also yeah. like it still fits into like the sensibility of the whole movie. Once you get to the second act, you realize why that was important. But yeah. in that moment, I was just no, wasn't having it. All right, fair enough. But but that is the backstory of the yeah. character. Um, the Baxter story of the character. Hmm. Um, so with that established, where do you want to go? Let's talk like favorite scenes, favorite characters, because I mean, we could just go over the whole plot and relive the whole movie, but I would like to focus in a bit more on on what really stuck out to you as far as, because uh, like you said, there was definite acts, oh, yeah, definite yeah. destinations. 
Um, for me, I loved the whole Mark Ruffalo chapter when they were together. Yeah. Because he was kind of around after, which was hilarious, by was the great. way. Um, but that whole period where they were together and he's starting to realize that he didn't know what he was getting himself into. Totally. Those moments and then him just like still wanting to be with all that was so gold to me. Yeah. To set his character up a little bit, like he comes and kind of sweeps her away from home and the movie's in black and white at this point. It's also shot in like the, the Academy ratio of like four to three. It's all very square and um, high contrasty and like old school movie looking. Mm -hmm. And then Mark Ruffalo, who is a lawyer comes in and basically is like, hey, there's more to the world that you haven't seen. Come with me. I'll take you on adventures. And they go. And that's when, like, the second title card comes in. It's like the ship. And um, well, before the ship, it was the – they went to Lisbon. And then, you're right. You're yeah, right. And then he put her in a trunk and put her on a boat. Oh, you're right. I'm so, so sorry. So that was where that – I couldn't read my own writing. There is this. Yeah, yeah. Lisbon's before. So Lisbon was the chapter I'm speaking about specifically. Yes. Yes. I really – Loved that. Gorgeous. All of their interactions, the interactions that she had with other people. Yeah. The total just unhinged. That whole 20 minutes was just unhinged. And it's, it was so great. It's so great. Because like it from an audience perspective, like it's the first time we've seen color in this movie. And mm -hmm. it's not like muted, sort of easy color. It's like it's vibrant. It's like almost psychedelic. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, like she goes with him and she's she's like, this is when the line comes in, like, why don't people do this all the time? And he throws her something like three times a lot for any man. Yeah. And then let's let us sleep now. And then he oh, falls asleep. And she goes he, and explores the city. And he goes super self righteous in that scene too, where he's like, "Well, you've already been had three times by the best lover, by the best is. lover in all the lands." Yeah. yeah. Which is like his thing. He's like a Lothario, and and like to his credit, which I'm not sure he deserves, but like he's probably all right. And she's just like on another level where she's like, "I'm just explore. I, mean, I want to experience the things first time." So she leaves and explores Lisbon. Like, there's that uh, scene with the singer, mm. which I thought was really well done. There's mm -hmm. a singer on a balcony, and and Bella is just like enraptured, which I think was like the first time she sort of transcends her sort of like basic carnal needs and like experiences something higher. And that's the whole trajectory of her character. It's like it starts with like, of course, a lot of sex, like just sex for pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then when the ship comes around, she starts like reading a little bit, makes a couple of friends who are not idiots, like Mark Ruffalo's character. Mm -hmm. Um. It's great, but I agree with you. Like, yeah, the the Lisbon stuff is is terrific. Yeah, um, and it kind of gets muted from there, like color wise. Like, we yeah. sort of lose some of the glamour. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I would say the ship is still pretty incredible. Yeah, I would like love those to go deck on that scenes ship. with Drog Carmichael. God, just them bantering about philosophy and the nature of man, mm -hmm. and like that was all like highbrow stuff. You said his name as if you know who he is. I've you said Gerard. Seen, yeah, is it Jared? I've heard Gerard from who. Like in interviews and stuff. I, okay. I thought that's how his name was pronounced. I mean, it's spelled J-E-R-R-O-D. I, I said earlier, I said Jared, but I, I seem like you know better. So who knows? Does he look more like a Jared or more like a Gerard? It's oh, sort of a tough question to answer. Instead, can I talk about the way this movie looks in the beginning? Because I wrote a few notes. Um, there's like, and this is pretty apparent in The Favorite as well, like these wide fisheye lenses. Mm-hmm. Those were employed again. There's these like super, super wide shots to the, to the point they are like distorted around the edges, like very fisheye. Yeah. There's also these shots that are through what looks like this. It's like not a keyhole, but it's like a just a hole. It's like an eye hole. And you see through, and it's like we're spying on these characters. I thought that was a really interesting choice. I'm not even sure why. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of things like that might become more obvious on a second watch totally. where you're like, oh, that's the intention behind that yeah. choice. Yeah. First time you're just like, it's all kind of happening to you. Totally. But also like every title card has Bella doing something 
so like Lisbon, uh, it's her riding a fish, mm-hmm. like a like a toothy fish. <laughs> And like the ship is her like walking on uh, a word that I can't read in my notes, F- maybe fins. That can't be right. Walking on something. Um, the third in Alexandria, she's floating in a bubble. It's like all of these were choices. They didn't like throw it into the CGI machine and be like, spit us out something. Mm-hmm. Like Lanthimos was like, this is what I need. Team, do it. And like that stuff, I would love to go back and be like, yeah. Why these things for oh, these next chapters that are happening? Yeah. The, the, the first one was pretty obvious. Like for me. The Lisbon one? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. she's like, it wasn't like a regular fish. It was like an angler fish yeah, yeah, from yeah. deep sea. Yeah, yeah. So like she's literally like riding a predator sure. away. Like okay. that's Mark sure. Ruffalo. Sure. Like that metaphor seemed pretty on the nose for me. The other ones, I mean, there's conjecture you could make, but definitely worth going over this movie with a fine tooth comb a second time to like kind of pick totally. apart those fun little yeah. details. This is like a movie nerds movie in that way. There's so there's a lot of lenses that people have looked at this through. The obvious one, and I think the one it's probably intended to be viewed as, is like sort of a a feminist sexual freedom uh, and and independence lens. But I was reading somebody's review who basically said what I just said. It was like everybody's talking about this from this perspective, but <laughs> I'm fucking autistic, and this movie is my kind of movie. Wow, like really? We're, we're, yeah, we're they're sort of relating Bella's kind of, um, you know, like. Uh, you know, you could see her as being like sort of on the spectrum and like mm. being distracted by all this stuff and like going and wanting to experience stuff and touch stuff and like um, maybe not so much on the the alternative side of that where it's like sensory overload. But like, I thought it was a really great alternate perspective. That is, I like that. Um, yeah, it's great. Or you could like you. Could, I love looking at movies of directors as a collection, like the, like auteur theory, um, like just looking at the common themes throughout all of their films. Like I think Alex Garland will be a really interesting one when Silver War comes out in a few months. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I agree. It's like a mo- it's like it's it's a movie for people who really do want to watch a work of art rather than, I don't know, for example, the Meg Two, The Trench. We'll talk about that later, <laughs> Max. About later. Which isn't, you know, fucking awesome. Not necessarily <laughs> the highest brow of artistic creation. More of a unibrow of cinema. Nicely done. Um I feel I feel all right. I like there's more notes that I have, but nothing necessarily bears um, a discussion beyond me like reading it. Right. Although I, that's not true. I I was writing all my notes here, and then there's one note in the top left corner, which is the return of her husband from her previous life, which is kind of the the whole linchpin of the whole movie. I think we should talk about that. I mean, it was not. A, I wouldn't say it's a linchpin. It didn't really. It, I think it's the final piece of her totally getting the the you know her her journey completing yeah so i think it's like the whole thing makes sense i think it, for me it was like the last speed bump into like a light uh, well, totally which i think is why she went with him yeah um christopher abbott shows up who we know from possessor it reminded me of yes man too the way she was always just like yeah all right oh sure okay yeah let's do it another movie lovers movie yeah I, I actually like yes man i don't it's great i haven't seen it in 10 years but yeah it's a little bit i mean it had philosophical things to say about not boxing yourself in and yeah that's true self-discovery but mm-hmm. yeah it was much more you know cotton candy popcorn cinema than this i yes, would buy totally. a lot but i love that about her yeah yeah um christopher abbott yeah possessor nice guy haven't seen him since possessor yeah striking dark eyes that are uh really well cast here as a very cruel I think he's a military general yeah. or whatever. And just like the most sadistic, awful, rich general you could ever imagine. And that's who she was 
married to. And the moment you get a vibe for who he is, everybody's thought in theater is like, well, I get why you jumped off a fucking bridge. Yeah, and even she brings that up. <laughs> totally. She's like, I she's, see why I killed myself. Like, he's like, I just want things to be normal. And she's like, normal, like how they were when I jumped off a right. bridge? Like, um, uh. It's great. I mean, like, How did you feel about how, how the movie ended in that sense? Like that whole sequence and then the way it actually ends. I liked it. I thought there was some poetic justice there. I mean, it was a, a clear metaphor of her taking back her power. Yeah. And I was into that. It was, I mean, oh, I don't, I maybe it's a real device but she peeks in on on her ex husband uh, talking to a doctor about a clitorectomy, and there is a a clamp looking some Lars von Trier territory. It totally was. There's a few times in this movie where it's like, like there the scene in the brothel where like the the one like kind of gangly wiry guy is just standing there naked. I was like, this does like I was very uncomfortable by that scene. Yeah. I was also really ethically, I think, sort of uncomfortable at the scene where the dad brought in his two sons. Oh yeah, that I, was that, I, was, I don't I don't know about that. That sort of that gave me the you know, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Um not gave, the it, gave me the ick. It did. Um and it was I think meant to be played as funny. And it also, just it was a little too much for I me. I feel like there was some ick that he was trying to elicit. It oh, elicited the ick. The, the the director or the dad? The director. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you you could be right. And then it worked. Yeah. Um I don't think there's a world where that's not icky. Like I didn't think that was funny at all. Well, it ends with like she gets a line where she's like, and if this isn't working, like a light choking or a spanking will do the trick. And then it does the trick and we're mm-hmm. like, ha ha. But I don't know. It was I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the point is, yes, there's some like Lars von Trierian moments <laughs> and the black or, and white does or, or doesn't help. Or they were about to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like with the clitectomy? Clitorectomy. Oof. Yeah. So so we're all like, oh, we know what that does. And then, yeah, yeah she's like, all right, I'm out of here. And she reverse roofies him. It's like chloroform's huge in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand the potency because the first time it's used is in the carriage by Godwin Baxter on Bellow in a rag, sort of the classic style of doing it, mm-hmm. as I've heard. Yeah. And it takes a while. And she's like fully smothered. And then in the end here, she like splashes a martini on him and he's like woozy. Well, he was shot in the foot. No, he was woozy, then shot himself in the foot. Hmm. I just think if you're going to give somebody a martini with chloroform and and it gets gets splashed in your face, which is worse, am I right? Um, Don't breathe. That'd be my strategy. Hold your breath. Yeah, just don't breathe in. Wipe it off. Then if you shoot yourself in the foot, you're probably going to take a deep breath. Yeah, the irony of him shooting himself in the foot, though. Great, loved it. So good, it's delicious. Um, and then, and then, of course, like she's she's a good, compassionate person, and I think that is made clear when she tries to save him. Kind of, kind of. Where it looks like Ray Muse, her her first betrothed, which we haven't even talked about. Um, his name's Max. Uh, is like he's not the kind of guy that if you save him, he's just going to stop coming yeah. after you. And she's like, well, we can't leave him like this. But I agree. He could use improvement. And then we pan around the room and we stop on a goat. And I thought that was so funny. Right. And the way the movie ends with, with Christopher Abbott, you know, munching on foliage. It was, it was so good. Yeah. And that's kind of how the movie ends. Loved it. I, I did too. I thought it was great. I think the movie's fantastic. Um, it's, you know, for every Boys in the Boat, which I discussed last week in Hot and Bothered, which mm-hmm. is a bad movie yeah. that safe moviegoers who are of a certain age really love. Mm-hmm. I'm glad there's one of these. Right. Um, Because I did not see anybody. You know, I had like 15 people in my screening maybe. All kind of seemingly knowing what they got into. Nobody I was even worried about might get up and leave. There there were a couple old people actually. But they stuck it out. They were laughing right along. Even points where I wasn't laughing. So maybe I got something to learn. Probably. Yeah. 
Um, that's sort of my thoughts on four things. You got anything else? I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah. We should buy it on, on our podcast something. I agree. All right. Ready for another beer? Let's do it. Be right back. All right. Back with beer number two. It's called Saucer Sled Land Speed Record. It's a triple New England IPA, 9.7%. They say this. Hold on. Actually, no. Who's they, you might ask? Slice and North Park. Okay. Yeah, out of San Diego. Yes. Hold on to your moose mugs and strap in for a wild ride down Flavor Hill with Saucer Sled Land Speed Record at the Triple Dry Hopped Hazy Triple New England IPA, brewed in collaboration with our buds down at North Park Beer Company, like you said, Johnny, out of San Diego, hopped with Citra, Citra Cryo, HBC 586, Motueka, Nelson Cryo, Rewaka Cryo, and Simcoe. That's seven hops. Jesus Christ. We threw more hops into this beer than Clark threw lights into his Christmas display. It's an absolute explosion of flavors, more exhilarating than Clark's wild sled ride, with layers upon layers of juicy mango, pineapple, and a touch of purple kush resin that'll have you shouting, hallelujah, holy uh, fuck, I would guess. It says, holy beep, where's the Tylenol? <laughs> Cheers to a beer that's more exciting than a squirrel in the Christmas tree and more satisfying than a membership to the Jelly of the Month Club. When I was making these notes, I thought to myself, I don't know what any of that means, so I asked Johnny, these are references I didn't understand. What are those references to? Yes, to Christmas Vacation. With Chevy Chase. Yeah. National classic. Lampoon. Yeah. Okay. It's a classic. Never seen it. Um, also, we had these beers last week, which actually wouldn't have helped. We didn't have these two weeks ago, did we? Mm -mm. Okay. Then it wouldn't matter. But what a great Christmas beer this would have been. Yeah. I picked these up from Ken Saturday. Okay. Um, want to describe the can? It's very red and white. Sure. Very uh, peppermint type. Uh, what's the... Candy canes. Candy canes, yeah. yeah, of course. Red and white, very, uh, some would say plain. Uh, you know, it's just a big red stripe with white lettering and a white oval logo. Plain. There's all sorts of shit all over this can. I mean, it's red and white. What are you talking about? On the side, there's like a whole, look, it says, amateur hours over. This says first place, a little cartoon of two hops riding a sled down the snow. It says, Slice and North Park set a new amateur recreational saucer sled land speed record. It's all downhill. From, downhill. It's all downhill from here. Uh, and then it lists all the hops, of course. And then, yeah, you're right. 9.7, though. My lord. It's fine. It's a um, nice, easy drink in IPA for your well, Tuesday afternoon. That What you're saying tracks with how much you've poured in your glass, but not how much you poured in mine. You live here. I got <laughs> to go. Uh, okay, so Johnny's tasting it. It looks like something I'm going to love. looks like something you're going to probably hate, but you'll deal with because you're a pro. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's very... Very diverse on the hop things happening, and it just melts down Ooh. like an ice cream truck where all of the ice creams have melted at the bottom of the cooler, Ugh. making just one super mega suicide yeah, ice cream. That's good. That's yeah. good visuals. Yep. Multicolored, very swirly, uh, tastes like sherbet and chocolate and just crazy. It's a Not lot. the beer, the ice cream. Oh, I see. Because I was going to say, because the sherbet thing's correct. Yeah, this no, this one like does that. have sherbet notes. Uh, yeah, tons of hops. Couldn't tell you which one's which. They're all, it's a it's a cocktail. It's a lot. They, they threw all the hops in the blender. I just, I keep, I'm going to double down, on, not even double, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quintuple down on my thing, which is like, it's too many hops. Is that seven times? No, that's five, but there are seven hops, so uh, that would be, I don't know what that would be. Sex, sex tuple? No, five is. Five's quintuple. Five is pentuple. No. Oh. Yeah. No, pentuple's not a word. Quintuple is five. No, quintuple is six. I don't think that's true. And we're going to solve this right now. Uh, quintuple. Quintuple. Because it's five parts or things. Um, I think it's Latin. All right. Uh, 
I don't know what you said. Pentuple? Sure. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that means. I was just going off like Pentagons, man. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I don't know what seven is. Sestuple might be six. Septuple. Septuple could be seven. That seems right. That is right. I would, I'm would. i going to guess, and I'm even going to double check, and then we'll get back on track. All right. Septuple. So you're septupling down, which is appropriate. Septuple. Seven. Because there are seven hops in this. Yes. So the sept- point is there's too many goddamn hops. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like it, but it's it's very indistinct, very sort of mushed together. They're blasé. I don't know about blasé. Too like, much of a good thing, man. Um, it's like going to hometown buffet, putting a bite of everything you want in a blender, and then drinking it. Too much of a good thing. Uh, well, I don't agree there. I I think it's still good, but I think I think the smoothie you just described would not be. So I struggled to to sort of come to common ground on that one. That's but fair. It's just it's a lot, and it just it's it's like putting it's here's what it's like. It's like when you take. A Granny Smith apple. You take a bite. You love that sweet. Sorry, that's the opposite of what I mean. You take that that good, good, bitter bite. Mm-hmm. And then you take a Fuji apple, and it's like that sweet, sweet, delicious juiciness. And then you put like a Honeycrisp in the mix and a Red Delicious, which nobody likes, but we got to throw them in. We're talking about apples. But you put them all together to make apple juice. And it's like I can't taste any of the apples. Like it's apple, I guess. It's and just, I like apples. It's just vaguely apple. But it's like apple. And it's like I would prefer the specificity of one gala apple, please. Yeah. This beer is hoppy in the way that blue is a flavor. Yeah, totally. That's exactly what it is. Like, uh, yes, that would be a fun game to like try to put a color flavor on this. You think green, maybe? Light brown. Light brown. This beer is light brown. So, I mean, it actually is light brown, but yeah. Um, I meant taste-wise. No, I but mean, I mean, visually, it is kind of like a light brown, yeah. sort of musty orange color. Front to back, any way you slice it, this baby's light any brown. Any way you what? Slice Ayo. it. Okay, <laughs> you take that North Star and you park it. <laughs> Uh, trying to join the club is all I was doing. North Park. It's fine. It, for a triple IPA. I mean, it's pretty good for a triple, yeah. For a triple IPA, it's kind of busting, as the kids might mm. say. It might just slap. Yeah, I mean, oh. <laughs> no, dude, I just took a gulp and it made me want to fucking throw up. Yeah. Um, it's really sweet is uh, another point I was going to make. Yeah. Um, but also maybe, maybe Wisdom says you don't chug three and a half ounces of a 9.7 wisdom does not say that wisdom says you drink what you want big boy yeah but somebody might have told me not to just pound something so sweet that's your other wisdom it's the other shoulder person on the shoulder yeah yeah yeah. yeah yeah you know it's a decent triple ipa you know looking this at this objectively for the style that it is mm-hmm. it's more enjoyable than a lot of triple ipas i've had so it's definitely not bottom of that's the true. barrel like it's well-constructed in a recipe that I think has too many hops. Uh, you lose any distinguishing characteristics, and you get a, just a vaguely triple IPA-flavored beer. Yes. Which uh, kind of bums me f- Yeah. It feels generic. For two breweries that are so distinct it and does. so stylistically individualistic, Yes, this beer is just – it lacks personality and definition – yeah, and, and those are the two benchmark characteristics of both these breweries. So the fact yeah. that this does not have it in spades, and it is in fact something I'm looking for, and I'm sad that it does not have, that bums me out. That's an argument. That's a criticism, right? That's a, that's a that is a beer reviewer. Mm-hmm. You just that was top tier. That just um, no, you made points. There's no arguing with your points. So it's I not, know. I was I was reading something that was talking about the differences between like a like a movie reviewer and a critic, mm-hmm. and like the movie reviewer is like somebody's like. Hey, this was fun to watch, and it like it was cool because you got to see. And then they'll say like the big scene of the movie, and a critic will say, "You know, I objectively 
some certain things about the way the movie's made or performances or or themes that almost can't be argued with. And you've done that with this beer to the point that even if I really liked it, I don't think I have a good argument for why you're wrong and therefore why it should be a higher score than what it probably is going to be for both of us, which I'm not sure yet because I did want to tie up one more loose end, which is we just had this conversation about a New England, uh, I want to say a triple IPA pretty recently. Does that ring a bell to you? It does. Was it Shred? Um, it was not Shred no. uh, a couple weeks ago with Godzilla. Maybe it was Southern Grist. Uh, it was. Yep. We did a beer called Moderate Fleek, and um, it was okay. Like I gave it an 8. You gave it a 7.5, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Um, I would say that's better than I'm going to give this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess that's a counterpoint to your thing, which is like, this is pretty good for the styles. Like, it's okay, but it's not the best triple in New England I've ever had. You no. Know, probably close. No. But I do I like it okay. It's just really sweet. Um, and I think it's meant to be sipped. Well, is, yeah, thanks, man. Sip some more. Let I us will. know what you think. Yeah. I know what I'm going to rate it, and I'm going to rate it right now. Okay. What you got? Out it, of 10. It's a 5.9. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Very mids to just above mids. Uh, it's it's acceptable. And quite frankly, from both these breweries, I demand more than just acceptable. As you should. I think you should hold them to standards because they've created those standards themselves. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a five. It's right up the middle. It's it's way too sweet. There's not enough nuance in the flavors at all. You know, like to some extent, this feels like a backhanded compliment. Like if you want something that tastes kind of like an IPA that'll get you drunk, great. Get it, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's um, definitely a backhanded because that's not what they were going for. No. Guaranteed. And, and this one was canned on December 13th, um, which is about three weeks ago. Yep. So we're this is how it should be drank. Mm-hmm. And it's just okay. Yeah, it's just kind of a muddled, jumbled, um, not well-defined drinking experience. Yeah. So to Ken, I say still thank you. Yeah. We appreciate it. Um, Ken, if you had these beers, let us know what you thought. Uh, if anybody else who isn't Ken had the beers, please tell us what you thought. I was yeah. trying to make a Barbie reference, I was going to say, because he's just Ken. But Yeah, but he's Ken enough. Yeah, sure. He's Ken enough. Let us know what you thought. Um I don't, you know, I think these were kind of one-offs for their release. or Maybe not one-offs, but, like, you know, they're not here. We know that. Not in Chico. No, they wouldn't be anyway. Slice doesn't distribute, so. Oh, okay. Well, if you're down south from us and you've tried these beers, let us know. Um, a lot of people around here have. They're a pretty hot spot for releases. Then the people Johnny's talking to, let us know. If you love these beers, um, you're wrong. They're not great. Yeah. This one, at least, is not great. The other one was okay. This one's not good. It was not great. Um, well, if you have feedback yeah. on this... Or anything we've discussed. Anything today. we've discussed. Yeah. You should call us or text us. Leave a voicemail. Text me first. You know the drill. Yeah. We're all cell phone people here. You yeah. Know what's up? Text us. Anyway, do that at 530 433 0839. If that number is not saved in your phone, you'd be fucking up. Save it. Again, that number is 530 433 0839. Or feel free to send us a good old fashioned email to fhccast at gmail.com. I check those. I actually do check those. You do. Yeah. Yeah. So do that. I'll get it. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be right back with Hot and Bothered. Hot and Bothered. Welcome to Hot and Bothered, everybody. It's where we talk about what we've been watching or drinking or doing while not on the air. I've got two things this week. Oh, you're doing it now, are you? You're we, gonna... don't, we don't have to. I would love not to. Okay. Uh, for two reasons. Nope. Say less, fam. Great. All right. But I'm going to use this as an opportunity to tease it. Cool. We were going to talk about Maestro, Tickle which is the new Bradley Cooper starring and directed film, um, though I think uh, Carrie Mulligan also stars in this. 
Um, and we were going to talk about it, but I also watched it. Johnny watched it, and then I managed to squeeze it in. So I think it deserves a lot of discussion, which we don't usually do in Hot and Bothered. So instead, I'm going to talk about two movies that don't need much discussion. And then Johnny's going to talk about one that I um, Recommend. recommended last yep. week or the week before and probably something else. So I'm going to start, which is despite what I told you, which was don't watch the new Zack Snyder Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire. Mm-hmm. I watched it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had some friends over and like for the past couple of weeks when I'm around people and it's like movie time. So I was like, should we watch a movie? I'm like, here's my here's my letterbox list. And they're always like, shut up. But I'm like, here's what I need to watch. And without fail, people are like scrolling like, that's not interesting. No, boring. Art house documentary. Nerd. So yeah. inevitably like put on Netflix and Netflix is like, watch this. And I was defeated. So I was like, all right, fuck it. We'll watch Rebel Moon Part One, A Child of Fire. The Snyder Cut. No, not the Snyder Cut. Um, but there is a Snyder Cut. Of this? Of yes. Oh my god. And he's this is what's funny, is like he's, I was making a joke no, to be ridiculous. He's promoting this movie, by the way. Um, which is uh part one of two, as I understand it, which has already been filmed and is coming to to Netflix in April. I was talking to Chris Gomez about this when he was cutting my hair. Like Zack Snyder is going around promoting, supposed to be promoting this, but he's really just saying there's a Snyder cut. Like there's a director's cut. So wait for the director's cut because it's, you know, whatever. The shit he always says. It's grittier. It's more adult. Like it, it encompasses the story better. But what's crazy is that this went straight to Netflix. Yeah. So he's talked in interviews about like, I had to keep it PG-13. Why? It, you don't have to. I you don't didn't. know why. Um, and it's just like insane to me, this idea <laughs> that a director is promoting a thing that isn't out yet during a promotion circuit for a thing that is, and it's still like, out. wait for the next thing. Um, but maybe he's right, because this thing sucks. He's becoming a joke of himself is what he's doing. I know. So I was writing this review um, in, we'll say a restaurant, though I was sitting at the bar and not eating, um, a That's few funny. nights back, and I was texting you, and I, I think I sent you my review. Um, and I'm just going to look at it so I'm consistent with no, my No, you my angrily box. said, well, you didn't, read I don't it. Know if you read it. <laughs> and yeah, I was, you know, I was getting mad. Like, uh, let me, let me find it. Here it is. Um, yeah, I gave it one and a half out of five stars, which translates for those of you not great at math, three out of 10. Um, and I, ba- I'm not going to read it to you, but it's, it's not good. Um, and I compared it to eating celery, which is a thing you basically burn more calories in doing than you ingest, which mm-hmm. is this movie. Like it took, it's, it's, it's unoriginal. It's derivative. It's, it's got nothing at all that belongs to it in and of itself. But you, was it awesome? No, go watch Star Wars, Did go watch lo- Dune, go watch seven samurai, watch any number of other things. This thing rips from, have you seen seven samurai? No, but I've seen the magnificent seven, which also rips from seven samurai. So you're secondhand saying, go watch seven samurai. I know enough about the movie seven samurai to know that this is ripping off seven samurai because we covered the magnificent seven, which I learned was ripping off seven samurai, which is an Akira Kurosawa movie um, of whose work I am shamefully blind, not blind. I, well, maybe, I don't know. The point is um, rebel moon part one, a child of fire sucks Balls, don't watch it. <laughs> so that's but and idea. I love that the last sentence of your review is I can't wait till uh, the next one comes out. I, I'm gonna watch the. I'm gonna yeah. I think I said I'll probably watch the next one. Is that what I said? No, it, there was no probably. I said I don't know. I can literally feel myself getting in a worse mood while typing this. I'll probably watch part two in April. <laughs> yep. I will because I will because you will. Whatever. So that was that because we're sluts and consumers. Yes, and we're just. Nom, 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 nom. What have you seen? 
Uh, so I, on your recommendation, it's been on my radar since mm-hmm. they got released. Uh, the three-year-old yeah. doll stories that Wes Anderson adapted mm-hmm. for Netflix. Uh, you um, pointed out that you had watched yeah. The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. Yeah. And it, it might be The Wonderful Life of Henry Sugar. I think Sugar. it's the story. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, but I was in a position where I had an hour before Perfect. bed. Yeah, nice. And I'm like, I could start an episode of something but I didn't want to get into a show and then want to watch another one. I'm mm-hmm. like, I need a self-contained, give me, the, I have short film energy right now. Yeah. And right. I was like, this is perfect. And it was fantastic. Okay, you liked it. It, Wes anderson all over me and I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. From the color palettes to the the snappy dialogue. Like if every movie could be that fast paced with their dialogue, mm-hmm. I would never get bored. Yeah. It was so engaging and it was a fascinating story. Ben Kingsley, mm-hmm. and you had Benedict Cumberbatch. You had Dev Ray, Patel, Rafe Pines, yep. Dev Patel, uh, and dude from the IT. IT. I group. like that you said Rafe Pines. Rafe Pines, <laughs> not you, man. Yeah, Rafe Pines. Um, Rafe Pines. Yeah, Pines. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Richard uh, Ao. Uh, Richard Ao. Aoid. Aoid. I don't actually. I've never watched the uh, the IT. Group. Yeah, I never got into it. That was a good show, but I think that's who you're talking about. Is it this fella? Yeah. Yeah. Who also sang Shiny. I believe no in Moana. No, that no. Are you no. sure? I am sure. Who that did that? It was Jerome Jer, uh, Jermaine Clement. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How dare you? Anyways, yeah, it was great. It's fun, and I'm really looking forward to watching the other two in the kind of anthology mm-hmm. short film series. Yeah, Wes Anderson's just awesome. He's really good at what he does. It was captivating, lovely to look at. Great story, great plot, great dialogue. Loved it. Yeah, the other two, um, by the way, are The Rat Catcher yeah. and another, which I can't think of at the moment. Um, it might be The Swan. Does that ring a bell to you? Sounds very familiar, I yes. think it's The Swan, and I, I don't know anything about The Swan, but I, I know about The Rat Catcher, um, which has some of the same usual suspects, mm-hmm. um, but also, um, by the looks of it, no, no, it's the same people. I'm so sorry. I was wrong. Sweet. But still very, uh, and even shorter. This one's 17 minutes. I love I it. We watched the longest one. Yeah. I'm going to hammer both of them out. Yeah. Right. Um, well, good. I'm glad you liked it. I yeah. did too. And then the last thing on my docket. Sure. We had a patron in town who happens to be one of my best pals in the whole world, Mr. Brian McAllister. Uh, so we went out and saw the brothers comatose at the big room where we saw Lori. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, because she's like the Few boss. patrons here. She's like the boss yeah, there. Yeah, that makes sense. Saw Belsky out there. So what's wow. up? Uh, Sherry was there. I feel like uh, yeah. Andy was there. Wow. Our, our legendary beer buyer homie at right, SNS. Right, right. Also married to Lori. So yeah, sure. no big stretch there. Uh, but it was a blast. Did you see Rob time. there too? Yeah. Podcast intern. Love it. Slash patron as well. Yeah. Saw him there. Yeah. Good. I was performing that night, I think, which uh, was a bummer. That is. Because you... none of my friends came to my show. <laughs> oh, we were all there. Yeah. Which yeah. Is okay, and then uh, I got messages the next day, like Colleen and Eric were there. So a bunch of friends were there. Just You know Colleen and Eric? Yeah. How do you know them? Uh, beer, played softball with them. They're friends. We oh. hang out. We've gone out. And... Why aren't they on Patreon? I don't know. Because I played their wedding. Oh, yeah. And I charge more now for weddings than I did when they got married like 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, they owe me. That's fair. In a very specific sense, they that, should join that Patreon. they should join Patreon. <laughs> I mean, at least one of them, because you always get a plus one. So they come to my shows that, every now and again. Yeah. And you see them occasionally? Yeah. At, at, no, we're homies. We, can we just start like in their ears like, Patreon, 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 Patreon. Yeah. 
and just eventually they'll join. Like join at a higher tier, but only one of you join because right. you always and then get you're a good. plus one. And then can we just send them this episode? Yeah. And be like punch in at you know whatever the timestamp is. Whenever like, we just share listen it. to when we're talking about. Whenever it. we share it to social media, they will get tagged. Right. And then maybe Colin can get our brother Ryan to join, who's another friend of mine who's awesome, and yeah. I've played at his house. I think I've met him before. No. He no? lives not here. Oh. He lives way south. I met somebody. It doesn't matter. He lives near this brewery. Never mind. Okay. Um, Slice? No. It's not that far. North Park. Ah. Uh, you had a good show. You had a good time. It was the a show. blast. Good. I have one more thing. <laughs> get it. And then we got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, uh, same situation. I had people over for New Year's. I was not performing this year on New Year's. I didn't want to go out. Didn't want to do like any of the downtown stuff. So cooked dinner here. Cooked a couple of ribeyes. Made some mashed potatoes. Um... And watched a movie. And it, again, like, what should we watch? And I was like, here's my list. And everyone's like, get out. Forget it. Um, and I and should have been here. Yeah. So we're scrolling on Netflix. And I'm like, well, here's a, here's a movie that came out this year that I could somehow justify watching. Because it came out this year. Which mm-hmm. is The Meg 2. Or Meg 2. The Trench. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Ben Wheatley. Who, if you don't know, did Free Fire in 2016, um, which, which by the way, had a stacked cast like Brie Larson, Killian Murphy, Army Hammer, um, others. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, and he also did In the Earth, which is a kind of like a like a like a folk horror movie we covered in 2021. Oh, yeah. Do you remember this? Yeah, with the weird sound things in yes. the woods. It was okay. Yeah, if I remember, it right. tried a little too hard to be artsy. It did. Yeah, and and like Ben Wheatley's just like a weird director. He's like Guy Ritchie, like. You can't quite pin him down. Do the gentleman and then do Aladdin. Right, exactly. I wrote. A, I was in the shower last night after two beers and after watching Maestro. It's like f- feeling filmish. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a whole thing about um, the Covenant, which we covered, and I finally found our review. By the way, oh cool. Um, and I finally logged it. But um, in addition to Guy Ritchie, like Ben Wheatley's like hard to pin down because like he does all these different movies. Um, and Meg Two is, if you don't know, Jason Statham. Basically fighting prehistoric sharks. Obviously. In, in this movie, it's like there's there's corporate stuff that's going on with like capitalist or, or communist China that is like invading capitalist America with their technologies. Okay. And there's a whole coup and he's like a dive explorer and like he, he kind of gives off the vibes of like Nick Cage and National Treasure. He's like, I just love, I love, in, in Cage's case, like I just love the government. Like I love the Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. He's like, I just fucking love diving. Like that's his thing. <laughs> And then sure enough, like things go wrong and um, whatever. It was like criminally under discussed. Like we never covered it. Nobody I know talked about it. It looked like garbage. But it's fantastic. It's like a 90s movie with a 2023 budget, like a CGI budget. Oh my God. Like at one point, Jason Statham like jumps a jet ski. Okay. Over a wave. I think that's all you have to say. Made by a shark. Okay. And oh, like a shark wake? Yes. Oh. And then throws a harpoon with like a bomb on it into that same shark and it blows its head up. It's great. It's like it's like it's like peak mindless popcorn movie. I gave it like it's it's a f- like 4 out of 10. It maybe not even like a 3 out of 10. It's a trash movie. But I got to watch it it's now. It's so fun. <laughs> like just it's like watch it right before bed blacked out drunk yes. <laughs> like just, and like cheer at all the stupid moments. It's awesome. That's exactly how I feel about Fast X. It's exactly just like, like Oh my God. It's so cool. He Did he just do a barrel yes. roll in a Lamborghini? Yeah. Well, he was, no, he was in Hobbs and Shaw. Sorry. Yeah. 
my, excuse me, I don't mean to, to be blasphemous towards the canon, but yeah. Put respect on that family's name. Uh, anyways, that's on Netflix. Check it out. Is it really? Yeah, it's oh, terrible. Yeah. But oh, watch yeah. it, please. It's so good. That's going down. Um, and that's all I got this week. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without the support of Bailey Minardi. Thanks to everybody on Patreon. Please let us know if you're coming to our bottle share on the 12th. And my name's Max Minardi. My name's Johnny Summers. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.